All right, welcome to Jet Setra, folks. It's the Winnipeg Free Press podcast. It's about the Jets, of course, other sports, and etc. That usually involves lately golf, food, uh, ice cream, biking, insects, insects, wasps, yeah. and grasshoppers. Yeah, yeah, those things. That's <laughs> funny, you know. I was biking on the weekend. I rode out to Saint Adolphin back. Yeah, and there was these little black bugs. Little black flies landed on me. At one point, there must have been like forty of them. At they one like time. sweat. I they hear. didn't do or anything. The salt or I don't even know what they are. But then, as soon Mites. as you'd stop, yeah, kind of thing. And as soon as you'd stop, they'd fly away or whatever, right? But it was kind of weird. Um, anyways, folks, I'm your host, sports editor Steve Lines. In case you didn't know that, the other guy that was just talking there, yammering, yammering. He's a sports columnist, Mike McIntyre. Mike, it's episode seventy-three. I have no idea who, I don't think, I can't even think of a hockey player that's ever worn 73. I'm sure Tyler Toffoli wears 73. Oh, okay, yeah. Michael Ryder wore 73. Does Nick Felino wear 73? No idea. Plays for the Bruins now. I don't know what number he'll be. Yeah, I think uh, he was 73. But it's not any of those guys. It's the David Block episode, oh, David, Mike McIntyre. Yeah. Blue Bomber Hall of Fame member, David Block. Okay, Blocky was an offensive lineman on the team from 1985 to 1986. During that time, guys like Chris Walby and Miles Garrell, Lyle Bauer, Bob Molly, they got all the attention, right? Right. Blackie was the guy in the trenches, though. He's the mainstay on that line. He played guard or tackle. He was always on, he was always there, very durable, good guy. Inducted into the Bombers Hall of Fame in 2004. He was a three-time division All-Star and was a CFL All-Star in 1993. Get this. His most notable performance, I found this out in my research on Blackie, um, his most notable game, I guess, perhaps, was in 1994 when Matt Dunnigan threw for 713 yards against the Edmonton Eskimos. Okay, That week, David Black was recognized by the CFL as the Offensive Lineman of the Week. I guess so. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> he kind of did his job. It had to be one bomber that week. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> they, did they just go eeny, meeny, miny, moe like, to yeah, decide exactly. that? Holy I don't know who else was on the line. I, I, I could have. Is that a, the all-time CFL... Passing. Yeah, I think so. I think that's still it. And then the guy who caught 270 yards or something, what it was, Alfred Jackson, I think that's still a record as well. Right. Sorry, I'm just playing uh, with this cord here. The way the CFL started this year, you might not get 713 combined passing yardage from like an entire week of games. Yeah, the offenses are a little uh, behind the defenses for sure. Kind of like uh, hitting uh, hitting is ahead of, is it hitting is ahead of pitching? No, usually pitching's three? ahead of hitting Correct. early in the season. Same sort yeah. of thing. So defense is always a little yeah. ahead. Anyways, uh, so that's our little uh, episode 73. Hope you are, I hope, if, if you're li- listening out there, David Black, I uh, hope all is well with you, man. Is he? Uh, he's a Canadian, correct? Yeah, yeah. But not a. He's not. He's not a local. Product. I know he's from out east, but he, he he spent most of his post career here. Like so many ar- bombers, I'd do. I see him around okay. at golf tournaments and other things or whatever. Uh, Might have saw him. Uh, Having a cold one once or twice. I think he worked for Labatt's at one point in time. Oh, I was going to say either worked for a brewery or like got into insurance because yeah, it seems like that's the way they I most go. I could be wrong. I was looking on the interweb this morning to find out, but I seem to remember. Uh, yeah, I seem to remember something to do with the brewery. But uh, okay. uh, Labatt's used to have this. Uh, <laughs> here's a story. There used to be a Labatt's brewery over here. Right. Um, on Notre Dame, I guess. There, By right? here on thir- thirteen fifty five Mountain is yeah, where over and, here is. Um, they used to have this media room. They would hold hold <laughs> press, press conferences and stuff there, whatever. We'd go there a lot. And <laughs> I guess. 
And it was the blue. It was the blue bombers, right? You know what right. I mean? Labatt's blue, right? You know what I mean? So I had a few Labatt's blue in my day, Mike. <laughs> so you mean to tell me there was a brewery plus you, there's the old Dutch factory right around here as well. They, well I don't think they've ever had a media room, they right? They didn't. But imagine no, if they did and I you know. could just go just beer and chips all day long. There, there used to be a lot more of those media rooms. Right. <laughs> yeah. Times have changed for sure. Probably yeah. for the better. Uh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So anyways, today uh, we'll get to the podcast here at some point. Uh, we're going to chat about the Winnipeg Jets signing their uh, two remaining RFAs last week, Andrew Kopp and Neil Pionk. They got them under new contracts. Um, I noticed some interesting Vegas odds on the Jets winning the West, on the odds of them winning the West or the Central yesterday. I wrote about it in my playbook. We'll chat a little bit about that. You wrote about the strict penalties coming up for unvaxxed players in the league. We'll chat a little bit about that. The Bombers' defense, smaller crowds at local sporting events, and yesterday I caught you waiting for your groceries in the Walmart uh, parking lot uh, during the day, uh, during the work day. By the way, folks, yeah. he's waiting for he's doing his grocery shopping during the work day. <laughs> Dock my pay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Anyways, he's wait, You were waiting. You right. still we got the, into a spirited you debate. Try out. You did, well, we'll get to yeah. it later. Yeah. So, anyways, Mike doesn't like shopping. I do, uh, but uh, we'll talk about that later. So, on to the first period, Mike. Since since our last podcast the jets signed rfas andrew cop and neil pionk very different contracts mm-hmm. pionk got a four-year deal is that right correct for around six mil a year yeah, right 5.8 5.8 and then cop got a one-year deal for i don't know 3.675 is that right yeah not the four point not the 4.9 blah 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 that you had uh that your your predictor had well i'm gonna just say it straight out i if i was andrew cop i'd be pissed off I know it seems like he's taking one for the team. Yeah. But in my mind, I'd be pissed off. You know, it's interesting. I, I literally asked Andrew Kopp directly. I blank. say it. I said, did you take one for the team? And his answer, Steve, really, really surprised me. He said that he doesn't look at it that way because he thinks, and I don't, I don't agree with this, but why would he say this? He said that if they had gone to arbitration, he thinks the award would have actually been less than 3.6. I I don't understand that one iota. I mean, I believe Andrew Kopp, I I know, sorry, I know Andrew Kopp's camp was seeking something starting with five. How low was the Winnipeg Jets offer going to be? Now, we know that arbitrators usually split the difference, right? So they just cut it down the middle. It doesn't matter. That's the way they go. But if he was, let's just say he was asking for five. What's the point of that? That's stupid. It is stupid. That's stupid. It's totally stupid, which is why... Like you got to compare it to what other guys of this equal value are making, and it's, then you then you give arbitration that, right? has become useless, Steve. And it's why there are seventeen NHL players this summer that filed for arbitration. I believe, as we sit here today, fifteen of them have settled already, and the other two have their hearings coming up, and they'll probably settle. Okay, as well. so he figured he might get less, and so he settled for this one year deal or whatever, which he figures was it was a good enough money or whatever. What I don't get though is like. Uh, there's no security to this. No, deal. like, why would he? I guess he settled for. He got more. He, I guess he wasn't going to get a long-term deal. I'm not sure why they just didn't give him a long-term deal. I know they have some salary cap issues, and maybe they've yeah. told him they will give him a that, long-term deal right. in January or February because they can extend him starting right. January one. To me, that's that's the only thing that would make sense here is if there's whether it's do they a, like Andrew Cop? They do like Andrew Cop for sure. For sure. Now, <clears throat> did they like Andrew Kopp at five million a season? 
probably not nearly as much as they do at three and a half. Well, yeah, I guess. And yeah. so the thing with Andrew Kopp is, yeah, I mean, if he, so he, he said that he, he used the terms I'm betting on myself here, which is great, except what happens if he suffers a significant injury this season? Like that's going to cost him big time on his neck, unless he feels that he's got enough body of work that regardless of what happens this season, it's not really going to change his price. Well, he's not Kawhi Leonard or anything like that, but I see. I hear, I, I, but probably he's established himself well sure. enough in the league and that I, it and wouldn't I, affect him that And much. I think what Andrew Kopp would be able to argue, let's say he plays just third line all this year. Let's say the Jets' top six stays healthy and they produce. So Andrew Kopp won't get a sniff of the top two lines like he did at times last year, which means presumably his numbers are going to go down. He set career highs last year, despite it being a shortened season. So you'd say, well, if, if his numbers go way down, well, that's going to mean his price will go way down. But I'm sure Andrew Kopp's camp so. would argue, well, no, because he can now show that, well, when you give him an elevated role, he produces. So um, whether it's the Jets that pay him that is money a, or is, another. Is he a better player? Who's a better player, him or Zach Hyman? Well, I, I think... What does Zach Hyman get from the Edmonton Oilers? Five. For, point for 19 ish. years or something yeah, like for, that? Yeah, right. They're going to be paying him <laughs> when we're long retired, Steve. Yeah. Uh, the thing with Zach Hyman is, unlike, say, Andrew Kopp, who's just played a little bit with, say, your top-line players, Zach Hyman's, most of his career has been on the top line with Austin Matthews. And w there's certainly data to suggest that he's not just riding the coattails of a guy like Austin Matthews. He actually makes Austin Matthews a better player and has contributed to some of that. And the hope Edmonton's banking on him doing the same thing with Connor McDavid, that he's the I compliment. like Andrew Kopp better. Yeah, it's... I do. I like him as a teammate better. I like him as a player better. I like his, uh, his ability to kill penalties. Right. I like his ability to play on the power play. I like his ability to play up and down the lineup. I mean, Hyman can do some of those things too, but I, I just, I like, I like Kopp's grittier... I just think he's a better player. I'll say this. And, I like, and, and, I like and, Andrew Kopp's contract a lot better well, right yeah, now. For sure. For sure. So I, I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens. I think that um, I, I was concerned. I guess there was some concern from people that if they kind of played hardball with Kopp again, yeah. that he would be a disgruntled guy. He didn't sound disgruntled, though. No, yeah. No. Sound like he's going to be fine. He did. I mean, again, whether this means to me, this goes one of two ways now as, as a as a UFA next summer you you'd assume he's as good as gone because there's not been a long-term extension and and if he gets to that point yeah right and so to me the only way he's not gone is if there is this this unspoken or this this informal agreement which by the way there's some precedent for that around here in Jetsland uh Josh Morrissey several years ago was an RFA like Andrew Kopp and he would have liked a long-term deal with a big, bigger number. The Jets couldn't afford to do that at the time. They just couldn't. They had to keep his number down because of other things they had to do at the time. So they signed him. It was a two-year bridge. But there was an informal sort of deal, which Kevin Shevelyoff spoke about after the fact, that they said to Josh, just give us some more time and this is what we'll do for you. And then they did. They signed him to an eight-year extension. Well, Cop's, Cop's a team guy. He's shown to be a team for guy. For sure. So maybe that'll be the case. You mentioned there that if the, if, if the Jets' top six guys, forwards, uh, are producing and doing well, Cop will mostly spend uh, his uh, season on the third line. Uh, now, if the Jets' top six forwards are producing and Cop spends most of his 
season on the third line. I'd suggest the Jets are having a pretty good season. Yes. Mike, I got an email from Jimmy Shapiro. You get his email. I do. And he personalized them to me, too. He's like, hi, Mike. I I saw your hi, Steve. (laughs) Must be a a, a form. It's a form. So, hi, Steve. He says, I thought these odds might be interesting to you. I wrote about it in my playbook this morning. Mike, the Jets are 16 to 1 odds to win the Western Conference, 14 to 1 to win the Central Division. Now, to me, that's a significant overlay, as I wrote today. Like yeah. an overlay is where the house odds seem uh, higher than they should be, right? right. Do you know what I mean? Like it seems to me like looking at what's happened with the other horses in the race over the over the summer is that there's some question marks on a lot of different teams. And I would suggest that there's zero question marks uh, on the Winnipeg Jets. I mean, I, there's always question marks, right. but the, the biggest question mark was that they needed to get one they needed to add a top four defenseman, and they added two. two. And then they they lost Mason Appleton, so I guess that's a huge loss. <laughs> <laughs> Not. And Matthew Perot. Oh, yeah. So they okay. lost a couple I, bottom six they forwards. They did, yeah. So the, 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 okay, so the bottom six, there is some quite, there's a, a little bit of question around their uh, bottom six forwards because they're going to use some younger guys, yeah. some different guys. But this is a team that was like uber competitive last year. Um you know, other than that weird um, losing streak that they went into, um, they would have finished, you know, second in the division. Right. They were challenging for first in the division were, yeah. uh, for a, a lot of the season. And then they swept the Oilers in the first round. And then, you know, another weird occurrence happened in the second round and they lost the Shifley thing and they lost to the uh, the Canadians. But, I, I, you know, I, I'm not saying that they're going to win the division. Yeah. I have no idea. But at 16 to 1, I like that bet a lot. Which, by the way, for people who are not familiar, 16 to 1 means what? If you put $100 on them to get win the division, you get bucks 1600 back. bucks back. That's yeah. a pretty good return on your investment. It is. Um, so 200 bucks down wins you 3200 bucks, man. Yeah, I mean, you know, when I just take a quick look at the central bet. division, certainly Colorado won the President's Trophy, but they just lost their number one goalie. Uh, and they also yeah Darcy Kemper like Kemper is that right. how you say it? yeah He's, come on man yeah um, and what, what's Nazan Kadri going to do to screw things up this year <laughs> I mean seriously well and they also lost uh, they had to trade uh, Ryan Graves who's a pretty right. good shutdown defenseman yep. on a team so yeah Colorado will score goals but can they defend I mean that's always the question so you're right it's uh, maybe some people are are overlooking the Jets uh, I think when you look at the body of work this summer. Uh, they address the holes that they have, and they got it all done, Steve, uh, under the cap, no additional roster surgery. I think when we talked a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about Pionk and Cop. Those are the two big questions. Uh, we thought Pionk wanted north of six. We thought Cop wanted north of five. That's north of 11 if you add it up. The Jets came in at 10.4 on those guys. It means they don't have to uh, get rid of anybody else. They can go into this new season with the group intact, and it looks to be a, a pretty impressive group. All right, Mike, we're back for the second period of our Jet Cetera podcast. We finished the first period by mentioning that the Jets uh, probably will have a, a pretty good team this year. Um, they On paper, they look uh, strong, stronger than last year. I screwed when- up my math, by the way. Can I correct an error? I just I just said ten point four on yeah, Coppa. Yeah. It's nine point four. All right. So it's even better. I said they came in and at 
10.4 when the projection was you 11. You were thinking about that in it between periods? Well, yeah, because I, I like, I'm a son of an accountant and math is, is important. Oh, by the way, I had a mistake in my playbook today. I mentioned that the Dallas Stars had some good young stars. Oh, Miko Koskinen. Yeah, said yeah. Miko Heis, or instead of Mika, instead yeah. of Miko, no, Mika, right. Mir, Miro, Miro, Miro Heiskanen, Heiskanen. Miko Koskinen. Yeah, exactly. Well, maybe he'd be a better defenseman than he is a goaltender because <laughs> exactly. he's not a very good goaltender <laughs> for the Oilers. Uh, anywho, sorry about that, folks. A couple of people pointed it out. I, every once in a while, I just throw in an error just to see if anybody's sure. reading. Yeah, 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 exactly. Is yeah. anyone out there? <laughs> Hello. Um, so we did mention that they might have a good team. It'll be interesting to see how many people are watching them, Mike. <laughs> so um, early in the uh seasons here of the return to sport uh i'm not going to say post pandemic because we're still in a global right. pandemic but um the return to play the gold eyes are getting a couple thousand a night the bombers had uh almost 30,000 for their first game their home opener but then had 22,000 um the jets um are trying to sell mini packs so i'm presuming that means <laughs> there's no waiting list there's no waiting list for season ticket holder season tickets and that means that there's tickets available for this season, which is good diff- seats still available, right? Which is different than than previous years. And so, uh, what do you make of all that, Mike? Yeah, and it's it's just to be clear, it's not just a Winnipeg thing either. I no, saw Mosaic. No. Yeah, they just yeah. had their smallest crowd ever, right in Saskatchewan. Right, twenty. Yeah, yeah, this is all over the place. Yeah, right. And yeah. and in Saskatchewan, and maybe this is part of it. They don't even have the same. Like, you don't have to be fully vaxxed to go in Saskatchewan. Anybody can go to a Rough Rider game here in Winnipeg. You have to be fully vaxxed to go to a Goldeye or a Bomber or a Jets game. Or a Jets game now, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah I, so first of all, I don't think it's a reflection of the the product. Like I, this isn't, no. people aren't giving up on the Bombers. They're the defending Grey Cup champions who are 2-0 and and looking dominant. Uh, the first game back was probably always going to be a nice crowd because it was a game that people have been waiting for. 14 years for right <laughs> but even then steve i mean i think we should have maybe seen this coming a bit that it didn't sell out right it was 29 5 or something not 33 which said hmm they they didn't even sell that game out and then the drop one week later granted it was a friday night not a thursday um but i think what it speaks to is and it speaks to what i've seen just here out and about in the city the last couple of weeks Sure, the regulations have been relaxed. You now don't need to wear a mask. I mean, unless a business overrides the provincial directive, you don't have to wear a mask anywhere, inside or outside. I still see people wearing masks everywhere, at the grocery store, at the gym. Um, People are not prepared just to say, okay, just because we can go back to the way it was, we will. And I think that applies to sporting events. Um, yeah, they're fully vaxxed, and so there's some, hopefully, security that comes with that, but people are not necessarily rushing back. And I think... Be- people people have been affected by the pandemic a lot of different ways, financially, financially as well, sure. right? So, and then just, uh, yeah, I think they're just a little trepidatious. Is that the right way to that say that? That is a good yeah. word, yeah. Um, about um, going out into that type of atmosphere. Um, and and we, we talked about this a little bit on the last podcast as related to the Bomber home opener. So it, it'll be interesting to see how people... Jets tickets are a lot more expensive than bomber yeah. tickets or gold ice yeah. seats. So I, I am... Plus it's indoors too, It right? is indoors. Yeah. So yeah. it's it's a very it's different... It's going to be interesting. Yeah. I When's mean, our first preseason game? The first preseason game September is in like just over five weeks from now. Yeah. 
So preseason games would be a tough sell anyways. So like what kind of crowd is there? What if what if there's only 8,000 people? Is that right. reason for panic? Like if you're the Jets? I mean, I, I don't think they're they're not heading to the desert again, right? Like No, no. <laughs> they're I not going to start no. selling tickets at max for $10. No, no. <laughs> I don't Are there any max anymore? I think yeah, they've all changed. I don't know. Are they still called Max? I, think. I have no idea. <laughs> oh, we have one by our house but it changed names, so but I don't, I don't go to I try to really avoid convenience stores. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you don't go to buy like scratch tickets I or anything. I don't. No, no. <laughs> Once in a while I'll as I'm out biking, I will stop in at a 7-Eleven to buy a sparkly water. Okay, not a Slurpee. No. No, or not a froster. Not one of those. No, no. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think it's a sign. Like, I think every team in Canada, probably in the States as well, they're they're in for a bit of a an awakening. Oh, here. I think the entire sports industry is, is going to be affected here. And that, that includes television. Right. Uh, all of it. Yeah. So if you're a, a sports owner, um, I guess you don't hit the panic button. I mean, a crowd of eight or ten thousand would still be eight or ten thousand more than you had last season, yep, right? Yep. Um, granted, your costs are going to increase by opening the rink to you got to pay all kinds of staff right. yep. that you didn't have to pay last year. So there's certainly additional expenditures that are going to come with it. But yeah, it 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 is um, you know a bit of a canary in a coal mine, I guess, that the Bombers drew 22 and Mosaic didn't sell out and all these things. I know talking to some people, I was at the Gold Eye game last night, um, what's what sort of hurt them with, you know, in the past, they do large sort of group sales, whether it's other sports teams or business, and they didn't really do any of that this year. Like right. all of their ticket sales are just kind of individual. Well, it was like, it was kind of last minute with the gold. Sure. The, the Jets have had are, are having a, a runway haha, here to uh, to uh, to launch for sure <laughs> their season. <laughs> wow. Will they crash? Oh yeah, way to go! Whoa. <laughs> um, so I mean, and, and they get to see what's going on. And they yeah, get, they get a chance to promote their and sell tickets and all that, right? I mean, going back to what we talked about in the first period, Steve, certainly they've, they seemingly have hit all the right notes sort of this summer, not just with what they've done with the team on the ice, you know, with Dylan and Schmidt and the product, they look very competitive, but even off the ice, you know, they had the heritage announcement last week and people are very excited. They're going to wear their heritage jerseys 14 times. Very excited. Those really? aviator ones were not popular. Who told you this? I just I get a sense from from the masses. I see what's <laughs> from out the there. Masses, okay. Uh, but yes, the the. Do you uh, think people really care about? Yes, that? I oh, do. Come on, they don't. People care. They people, don't. People care about fashion more so. than they. Yeah, the jerseys are do. a huge issue. Write a All playbook right. about them. I bet you'll get record <laughs> responses. Uh, but the the Howard Chuck statue, and you know, there's just some good vibes. I think around the team, the the fact the Jets were, I think, the first. NHL team certainly to announce the double dose um, requirement. Other teams have now followed suit. I see MLSE just did it in Toronto. Um, so the Jets are being applauded, I think, by a lot of people for that stance, except for the 20% who won't be allowed in. Um, you know, they're, they're, they've added some bells and whistles. They're going to do the on-ice projection this year, something they've talked about for years. People do care about that as well. I don't think they do. <laughs> I think hockey fans care about care about whether the team wins or loses. I think that and the, the price the, of beer and 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 the price of tickets, right? For sure, yeah. right? Do you know what I mean? And so, um, I I hear more complaints about all the noise during a game than I hear 
like, oh, wow, what that was so exciting that they were playing that music at 50,000 decibels. It's too loud in that ring. People don't like it. I don't I know. know why they think people like it. I don't, but I'm but I'm not alone. I get a lot of calls about this. Yeah. I get a lot of emails about this. Whenever we write about this, about how this, all this superfluous stuff within right. the rink or whatever, people don't like it. You know what? It's can a, Jay Richardson just turn down his mic a little bit? It's a library in in. <laughs> I was going to say Bell MTS. I guess it's Canada Life Center. It's a library compared to T-Mobile Arena in Vegas. That's the loudest arena I've ever been in. No word of a lie. When I was last in yeah, the Vegas, Americans love that. Shit. I know. I had. Um, I remember having uh, a cup of water or something on my um, beside me, my, my computer, and when they did their their pregame intro, it the the water was spilling out of the cup. Oh it was goodness. vibrating it was so, so much. I had to move it away from my computer because, <laughs> like, the thing was bouncing. It was so loud in there. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. They, the, the Jets have probably done marketing research on this, and right. I'm just speaking anecdotally from our free press readers who yeah. are. are more my age right <laughs> it's too loud it is very loud in there but uh maybe the jets will give folks a lot to cheer about this year we'll see all right here we go folks with the third period of our jet cetera podcast mike the bombers are off to a 2-0 and start um they've given up just 13 points in that uh in in those two victories one over hamilton one over Toronto. But they're they, regressing, right? Because they, they gave up six and then they gave they up seven. seven yeah. So that's a trub- well, troubling well, no, trend. Kind of. They gave up two. They gave a touchdown in both games. Hamilton went for a two-point conversion yeah. in the first game. Weird. It was a weird Like decision. right off the hop. They yeah. wanted to be up eight nothing instead of seven? Yeah, I don't know what that was all about. But anyways, and so, um, yeah, they're off to a good start. They play the Toronto Argonauts again this week in Toronto. On Saturday after Saturday afternoon, I think mm-hmm. right? three o'clock is that what it is? I, I'd have to check the time. It folks. is. Please I don't. Believe, yeah. Please don't take my word on the time. I barely know what day it is. And they'll uh, have what day uh, is it? A different starting quarterback. Today's Thursday. Uh, yeah, Nick Arbuckle's going to play um, instead of. Uh, it's a great name. It'd be a great name for a pirate. The other guy Arbuckle. Arbuckle. <laughs> or a wrestler. Or yeah, that's true. Arbuckle into the turnbuckle. Into the turnbuckle. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, so uh, the bomber defense, like holy moly, here, folks, like um, you, you had know, high I, praise for them the other day. I like did. you put so, them in rare air. I I do. You know, uh, uh, looking back, I you know, I, th- th- thinking about it, I was thinking they're not the best of all time. But I did say in a playbook that I wrote, and I was saying to my neighbor Neil, that uh, who always uh, pokes his head over to talk about sports over the fence. Um, it's like uh, you remember it was the show with Tim at home yeah, improvement yeah. right yeah. do you ever see Neil's face or is he well I have yeah because okay. yeah, you never sure. used to what was the neighbor's name Can't Wilson remember. yeah that's it yeah you never saw Wilson's face right, right? yeah you just... he pokes his over <laughs> so Neil does the same thing or whatever but anyways we chat sports oh I see Neil all the time or whatever um, and so um, where was I uh, bomber defense. right so it's not the best of all time but it's I think it's the best since the best of all time in my mind and I think in most bomber by an, a bomber followers' uh, eyes, the best defense of all time was in 1988-89-90-91 type of thing. But the nine, David Black era, 1990, yeah, it was that era for sure. But they had the best defense yeah. at that time with guys, you know, they had Michael Gray on the line with Stan Mikowas, and then they had these linebackers of Jones, West, Paul Randolph, and Greg Battle. Right. They had Rod Hill and Les Brown on the corners, and Ken Haley and Daryl Sampson as halfbacks. I mean. You know, it's just it's a st- it was a stacked defense, it's, and so 
But sure is a Mike O'Shea team, right? But like yeah, this but this this is... team right now, this 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 Willie Jefferson. So Glenn Suter said during the broadcast something about maybe Jefferson is the most dominant defensive player he's ever seen, and you know he might be. Like I'm, I, I don't know. It's a, it's hard to you know discern that kind of thing or whatever. But this right. guy is like. He's an incredible player. Yeah, like he's a freak. Yeah, totally. You know, very different. Genetic freak. You know, for he's sure. this tall, lanky guy who yeah. plays on the line and he's fast and he drops back and he makes plays. And then they got Jackson Jeffcoat, who's really, really good too. They got some other really good linemen. Adam Big, Adam Hill, Big yeah. Hill is pretty decent, and um, they look pretty good. You know, they look like a really yeah. Good I team. mean, and and they. I don't know that the offense is really got into second or third gear just yet i mean obviously they've had some disruption uh, andrew harris hasn't played yet although looking promising this week he's been i think he took some first team reps yep. by the sounds of it. i don't know what that means for that saturday means he might but, play yeah uh and darvin adams is also you know perhaps their most explosive yeah but you know so they're, they're missing a couple this of best before date might be like you know they got some this rasheed bailey and yeah and uh kenny lawler are really right. good receivers yeah um but when you have a defense as good as they do, you don't necessarily need to blow the. No, the roof what you, off what the you place. need to do, and this uh, this also reminds me of that 1990 team or whatever. They had a quarterback named Tom Burgess, and they had some good receivers. One of them being James Murphy was a yep. you know one of the all time great receivers of the Bombers, and they had a really solid running back, Robert Mims. But what 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 the defense asked of that offense to do was just not lose them the right. game. Okay, so what you want to do is you just want to protect the football. You know, grind it out a little bit, give the defense a little bit of rest, let the, you know, and just play a real safe, conservative kind of game, and the defense will win it for you. And and I think that they've got the, they've got the personnel to do that again, but they have opportunities to be explosive on offense too. Sure. Um, with Rashid Bailey, Kenny Lawler, and, and, and yeah, and Zach obviously Zach Claris gives them the that. Deep ball, yeah. a lot more mobile. Um, you know, it, we're only two weeks into the season, and normally in an 18 week season, you'd say, well, it's really early. Yeah. But it's only a 14-week regular season, so it's not nearly as early. Uh, two weeks is is a little later into a season now. Um, yeah, watch them get beat 40 to 10 on yeah. Saturday or something like but, that. But, you right? know, you look at the West, Steve, like Calgary and Edmonton look brutal. Yeah, well, they have they, – they, Calgary doesn't have a quarterback they, now. Right, and, and for that, the next six – Trevor Harris is, continues to prove that he cannot win in this league. He, he puts up amazing numbers. He does. But he can't win. Uh, Mike Riley's a good quarterback, though. So the yeah. BC Lions could still be a good team. And, I mean, Saskatchewan, they're That's off Saskatchewan. to a 2-0 start. Yeah. But it's um, They're a strong team in the trenches as well. Yeah, and the Bombers, of course, they have yet to play a team from the West. They're, they're starting out with uh, uh, three straight against Eastern opponents. Um, so it's hard to get a read, I guess, exactly how they stack up. But the fact that they're 2-0 and and Edmonton and Calgary are already 0-2, um, I mean, certainly bodes well in a 14-game season for how things might play out. Uh, and it makes, Steve, I mean, we're, hard to believe Labor Day is just around the corner, right? And Boo. the Bombers are going to get, uh, we're going to get get that Bomber-Saskatchewan uh, Labor Day matchup and then the Banjo Bowl, which... My goodness, those games suddenly look pretty big on the on the schedule, given how the teams have started and the shortened runway for this season. But speaking uh, of Labor Day, Labor Day, the uh, the Toronto Blue Jays are running out of time as well. Mike, um, we're getting late into August here. I thought they fixed the, the bullpen, Steve. What's happened this? Well, week? They, they, it, it's it's just one of those years. I'm afraid George Springer got hurt again, and yeah. so then and then the bullpen blew up again. And a couple of the starting pitchers had subpar games or whatever. Um, 
I, I, I personally, they went out and they, they, they got rid of a couple of really top prospects for this Berrios guy from Milwaukee. Good Minnesota. pitcher, Minnesota. Yeah. Sorry, I started. I knew it started with an M, and <laughs> like the mural, like Miko and, and Miro, Miko and Miro. Exactly. <laughs> um, I I don't know. I, I I'm not sure that I would have uh, uh, taken a run at this uh, this uh, this season. Right. Um, I know that the you know they got a lot of good young players and they they hit the ball a ton, um, but I'm not sure that I would have uh, taken a run at this season. I think they're still a year or two away. What do they do with Marcus Semyon and Robbie Ray, who are their two big UFAs? And a lot of people think those guys are gone. They're both having tremendous seasons with the Jays, which is only going to increase their value yeah, on the so open I would, market. I would, I would do everything possible to sign Robbie Ray. I'm Me not too. sure how much money that's going to cost. Probably lots. Semyon is a bit of a mercenary, and he's a good hitter, but they've got lots of good hitters. They do. Um, I'm and not... the, the risk with him is... They kind of bought low on him, right? Because well, he was coming a year. off, right? But he was a guy who a few years ago was like an MVP candidate, and then oh, he had just a couple two years ago. Yeah. Then he had a then he had a down year or yep. two down kind years, kind of right by his standards. Yep. And but now he's back to so he's a great player. Don't get me wrong, but I don't know that I don't know that I'd want to spend. I wouldn't give him George Springer type of money, right? And another team probably will. And if you're but Robbie Ray. Like he's he's turned his career around he here has. with the Jays. Like he's he's a horse. He pitches seven innings, strikeout every, machine. I every believe he's game. got the highest strikeout ratio. Yeah, like it's like um, he, he, he's a machine. Yeah. And Pete Walker, their pitching coach, has obviously done really good work with him. And I guess if you're Robbie Ray, I mean, this is the place you've turned your career around. I'm not saying he'll take a discount, no. but. No, people don't take this. They don't no, take this guy. but if you're Robbie Ray, I mean, and the money's there, why wouldn't you want to stay oh, with yeah, the for team sure. that's kind of helped you, uh, especially yeah. that looks to have a real bright future? You're right, though. The 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 starting pitching is so pivotal in baseball. Uh, the Jays have you know Ryu. They have uh, Barrios. Ryu hasn't been that great. He this hasn't. Year, I he's don't know. um he's struggled a bit to to be as consistent. He's not a hard thrower, but it seems like teams have kind of figured him out a little bit. He's got one more year left. One or two. I think just one. I think he yeah. had one and then the two odd seasons. This Al- Alec that. Manoa looks like uh, he had a rough start the other day, although yeah, he's a couple the bad deal. calls that extended the, the inning. Deal. But, yeah, he's uh, – so, I mean, maybe the future isn't now for the Jays. Maybe it's a year or two yeah, from now. I wouldn't have given away those two prospects. I think that their pressure was on them to kind of do something, and that's the first kind of false, kind of false move that I've seen Atkins and Shapiro make. Right. Uh, it's almost like they bowed to public pressure or media pressure and felt that they had to make a trade at the deadline. And yeah. they, they gave up, I can't remember the guy's name, but they gave up their Simeon top. Woods Richardson their, uh, and Austin, Austin Martin. Austin Martin. Thanks, Mike. Way to go. And uh, those are, there were a number one prospect and a number three prospect right. for a guy who's decent, but, uh, you know, he's only got another year left on term. So we'll see. I will say one value trade I did like that's paid off uh, is getting, uh, I like this Adam Simber guy in the bullpen, and Corey Dickerson. Uh, they got them both from the Miami Marlins for Joe Panic, um, and that's been a good trade, especially with George Springer getting hurt. Dickerson's been a good fit. But yeah, we'll see six weeks left in the season, but time is running out for the Jays. All right, folks, we're back for the overtime period of our Jet Setter podcast. Folks, the other day I was trying to get a hold of Mike McIntyre. I FaceTime him. I do that with some of my staff just to check on them, see where they're doing, what they're, see if they're actually at their desk working. <laughs> so if, uh, Mike, I'm always finding he's always in his car. 
Like, I mean, he's in his car again. Like, what the hell are you doing in your car, Mike? Well, I'm waiting for the groceries at Walmart. I go, it's the middle of a work day, Mike. What are you doing there? I'm just being, I'm, I'm, I'm being cheeky, folks. Mike McIntyre works harder than anybody in this, uh, in our department. Well, I don't know. They all work hard. It's a low bar. <laughs> it's a, it's a really low bar. No, no, no. I no, no. We have a hard working no, I know we here. do. So, um, but anyways, he works really hard. And so, but I was teasing him. I go, Mike, it's the middle of a work day. It's the thing with the pandemic. People think they can just go out. They're working from home. Mm-hmm. So they can just run some errands right. while they're Mobile working from office. home. office. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> okay. Anyways, he's at Walmart waiting for his groceries. Doesn't go. So I, I have not done this. I have not done this. Pick up the groceries at the. I sit there and wait and bring yeah. them up. I go in and get my groceries. I've done it right through the entire pandemic. I'll go early in the morning so there's not crowded or whatever. I like to go into groceries. I like to go into stores, period. Right. I was a mall rat as a kid, and then I worked in a mall. I love going to the mall. Wherever I go, traveling in the world, I always go to the mall. Um, really? I mean, always. Always, Mike. I go to department stores in Paris. You go to department stores by uh, London. Oh man, Selfridges and uh, I think I told you this. So oh, last last summer when I was in Edmonton covering the in the bubble, uh, my hotel in I was staying in West Edmonton and my hotel that I stayed at I like that mall was like two minutes from West Edmonton Mall. I was in Edmonton, Steve, for four weeks total. Two weeks for the Jets and then I went back for the Cup final. I went into West Edmonton Mall zero times. Oh yeah, it, it, you know what? In a month, I, I it, but one of my favorite malls is in Scottsdale, Arizona. It's the Scottsdale Fashion Square. It's like it's amazing. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's got all the great stores or whatever. You get to stand there and gaze at the Gucci shoes and shit. Right. So, um, but you know, and I went to Prontomps in Paris or whatever. It's a famous department store, and and then the food court they actually have cutlery. Okay, like you know, like in China. Wow. Like yeah, like not it's, plastic. No, no, it's, there's no plastic. Like yeah. it's amazing, right? You know what I mean? So I've always loved. Uh, uh, I I spent some time in retail before I got into the journalism business, and so I like those outlet. There's a nice one. Uh, my wife and I, when we go to Vegas, there's uh there's like an outlet mall that's outdoors. Is it and a we premium go- one? Premium yeah. outlet mall? Yeah. Yeah. That, they got a, I've been to a few of those. Yeah, yeah. So you can go to like the Nike store. Or if you're gonna or, go to a Nike store, yeah, sure, yeah, Under Armour stuff like that, and and buy. Uh, but so groceries, you could not pay me to go into Walmart, Steve. You could not pay me if you gave me my groceries for free. I still would want to just go pick them up. Okay, the so if you're lot. gonna if you're gonna have to go to Walmart, yeah, and here's a tip for you folks. I shouldn't maybe say this because so I live over near Grand Park. Yeah, there's a Walmart on Taylor. Right, you're gonna there give away a secret here. It's it's pleasurable. It's it's really? very different than all the other WalMarts mm. in town. Okay, like for some reason, like, right? So like it wouldn't make the people of Walmart website not very busy. <laughs> it's just it's kind of relaxed. Mm. It's super chill. Um, yeah, I don't interesting. <laughs> <laughs> because Walmart is its own it's its own environment it, at times. It certainly sure. kind of does. <laughs> the, um, now people watching can be very interesting. So part of it, I think, for I don't us, get groceries at Walmart. Anyway. I go to Superstore. Yeah, so you no, know, we get a, most of our groceries from Walmart. But part of that is we're buying. We have two teenagers in our house, and they go through food like. It's going out of so you. It's cheaper. We buy than? a lot. Yeah, so we buy a lot. Like, is our it grocery- cheaper than Superstore? Yes. Really? Yeah. Oh. So our grocery bill is astronomical. Um, it just is, and so you know, you buy. Well, we go to Costco too. I like going to Costco actually. I like walking around Costco. Just oh yeah, I do. But, but they, Costco has lots of cool things. Like I like looking they do? at. Yeah, <laughs> I like. I do. I, I Costco's a fine. So you like outing. bulk goods? <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Um, but Walmart. My goodness! Like during the pandemic, this grocery pickup thing has just become 
a breeze. Like my wife places the order online. You don't even have to talk to anybody. Right. Then you get there, you just call the number. And then two minutes later, they're out there and they load them. You don't even have to touch your groceries till you get home. Right, right. It's just, it's so easy. I did order something from curbside pickup and I got impatient. Then I went inside. Oh. To go, yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> they didn't bring it out quick enough? Yeah. I don't know what my expect. My expectations were obviously out of whack. Or yeah. Whatever. So then I went in and I was like, hey, what the hell's going on? Or I can't even remember what it was. Like, Funny story. The last time I was in Walmart was at your your request you we needed a new uh for this very podcast the chip that we record this oh, yeah. on you asked me to pick one up and and so i was near a walmart i went and got it and which one did you go to on uh mcphillips yeah so that one what's up with that one you're drive down the street you, there's no sign that says no. you need to turn into it like no it's like, a, it's, it's like secret it back is. in it's there right templeton but it's like it's on, but yeah. it's like bare but but that doesn't mean people don't know where it is. No, Everybody no. knows where yeah, it is. Everybody's packed. there. I went there recently. Yeah. Yeah. So just even buy even buying that stupid memory card was stressful. I didn't like going in there. It just gave me the it just it just left a Well, a, you need a, to go to like a more pleasurable shopping experience. You need a more pleasurable shopping experience. I right? guess. I, I mean I, so I do go to like I'll go to Sobeys to grab a few things like okay. bananas and Right. But um but yeah, the big shop is always Walmart and uh uh, it, it's, you know, I know you, you, you don't see it quite the same way cause you like, you're weird. You like, you like the, yeah, the like, in-person I like, experience. I like the people. Like I like the, I like to bump into people that I haven't <laughs> seen. I, I'm not, I'm not like, I'm not literally bumping, not, well, no, not, no, not that. Especially in, in a pandemic, in, you don't want to bump general, into anybody. I bump into people. And even during the pandemic, you know, when you weren't seeing people and, and I know I'm probably going to get shit for this or whatever, it was an opportunity to get out <laughs> and socialize because I would go to Sobeys <laughs> or, or wherever and I'd bump into people. Right. right. I mean, Hey. How's it like going? people you didn't even know? No, no, no. Although people you know. I do talk to people that I don't even know. I, yeah. I'm like that. I, I, I tend to strike up conversations right. with strangers. I'm just kind of like that. Uh, so those are opportunities to do it, obviously, in the mall or whatever, right? I'm one of those guys. To be honest, that's one of the reasons I'm people still like, wearing my mask everywhere, so I don't have to talk to anybody. Oh, I can yeah. just... Keep people my like, face covered. People like, I'll, I'll, sometimes I'll be talk, looking, talking to people and they're just looking at me like, why is this guy talking to me? <laughs> anyway, so, um, okay, so we're just about wrapping this up. Mike, we'll just give a little preview though to, for the folks. Here's the exciting news, folks. We're going to do a podcast next week from a golf course. Yeah. So we're playing in this golf tournament. Um, it's the Dale Rempel. Oh, thanks. Yeah, Dale, Dale Rempel, Rempel uh, who was, um, it, who was it, it, in support of cancer care. All right. Good. Dale Rempel was uh, with an insurance agency, and I believe he died of cancer. I think about nine years ago. And so there's a tournament in his honor. It's a big tournament because they actually used two courses for it. Which yeah, we're on Pine Ridge, eh? I know. I poor, would have preferred Elmhurst. Yeah, we all well, want both to are be great on. courses yeah. for sure. You've yeah. already played Pine Ridge though once I have. this year, so you well, were kind of. It was a tournament. It's not really playing golf. Right. <laughs> I'm still going to count it as a round, by the way. Apparently. It'll be yeah. my 13th round of the season. On Tuesday, I'm going to Breezy, uh, not Breezy Band, to Bridges oh. uh, to play in a tournament. And then Wednesday. Next, you're in back-to-back yes, tournaments? Back-to-back. Tuesday at Bridges, uh, where my buddy Larry Robinson is the golf pro. Yep. And then Wednesday at Pine Ridge with you and Mark Rowland from downstairs and yep. Bruce Lilly. And uh, then after the round is over, 
We'll sit maybe at the Pine Ridge patio yeah. there, hopefully. Hopefully, they'll let us do that. I don't see why they wouldn't, I don't see right? why not. No. We, you, can, you think so? Oh, for sure. People can sit there or, and have or a meal your, or whatever. Or maybe in your car. Yeah, well, dude, I'm always in my car. You're yeah. always in your car. Maybe we'll go to a Walmart parking lot <laughs> and maybe get some groceries. And do our podcast. And then you folks can hear it next week what we had to say about the golf course and how, what else happened. How our rounds sports. went, yeah. How the yeah. tournament went how and whatever did. else has happened in the sports world. All that. All right, that's it, Mike. We should go. Stay dry, folks. Lots of rain on the way by by the looks of it this oh, weekend. Yeah. We need it. We need it, but... Uh... No, not on the weekend we don't. <laughs> okay. Take care. Bye. Bye.